Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. How many of you know that the devil hates today? Because he's reminded that he is defeated once and for all by the power of Jesus Christ on the cross. You're sitting in a place that used to be a place of perversion, used of the devil, that has now been redeemed and restored, and the presence of God is literally manifest in this place. Yeah, give him a hand. God did it. He's told us as his apostles to step forward and to take territory, and we've literally taken territory for his kingdom, amen, in the middle of the, of the heart of the city. So this is, this is an amazing and a surreal day. You guys look beautiful. Yeah. You look pretty good too, Tim. <laughs> so this morning we're launching this uh, new series called Trinity. I'm going to speak on the Father today. So we're going to take three weeks and do the Father this week, the, the Son, Jesus, next week, and then the Holy Spirit the third week. And I am incredibly pumped about this series. And so b- before I go into the Father, let me give you um, an overview of the Trinity, because I think this is really important, and this, this was huge for me. I, I think this will really bless you, this teaching on the Trinity. So the Trinity, if you don't know, the word Trinity doesn't actually show up in the Word of God. It is, it's a word that the church fathers have used over the years to try to describe the Godhead, the three persons of God. Because we have, we have one God, yes, made of three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, the only way that you and I can know God is by how he's revealed himself to us, right? You'll get it later. We know him, let's try this, we know him because we've experienced him, yes? The only reason you came here today was to experience more of God, whether you know it or not. You're here today to experience who God is. Because you know, I know some of you, you know it, you've experienced his goodness in your life, yes? You've experienced his faithfulness in your life, yes? He keeps his promises in your life, yes? You know his mercy and his grace in your life. If you've received the grace of Jesus Christ, you've experienced that. You sense his holiness and his glory. Whether you're going for a walk in the woods, you see a beautiful mountain, or whether you're, you're sitting in this place here today, sensing the wonder and awe of what God is doing, looking at these beautiful faces all around you. He reveals his love to us. So much so that he sent his son Jesus to rescue us. See, we know him by what he reveals to us. This is how we know God. We experience him. Peter wrote about it in in 2 Peter. I love this passage. He said, guys, we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, because we saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. 
When he received the honor and glory from God the Father, the voice of the majestic glory of God said to the Son, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Peter said, we ourselves, we heard it, we saw it, we heard the voice from heaven when we were with him on that holy mountain. And he said this, because of that experience, because he experienced him, we have greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. And I hope today that, not hope, I know today that God wants you to experience more of him. The Father wants you to experience more of him. And you're going to walk out these doors saying, because of that experience, because of that word, now I have greater confidence in this faith life that I've been called to. Remember that moment on the mountain that Peter had? If you don't, I'm going to tell you the story anyway. Jesus had taken his three favorite, I guess, or closest disciples up the mountain with him, Peter, James, and John. And all of a sudden, as they're standing there, Moses and Elijah, some really old dead prophets, appear alongside of Jesus. And you got to love Peter. Peter, that go-getter, the leader of the church, doesn't know it yet, the get-it-done kind of guy. He's like, he sees Moses and Elijah and Jesus, and he's like, guys, I got it. The boys and I, we're going to run to Home Depot. We'll be right back. We're going to build you like three shelters, okay? But we're going to do this thing. Aren't you and I like Peter most of the time? We get ahead of God. Try to force things sometimes. Try to be the Holy Spirit to people. Sometimes I'm raising my hand with you. And I love this because all of a sudden the Bible says, as the words were coming out of Peter's mouth, the voice of the Father interrupts him. Anybody glad that God interrupts our stupidity? See, this could be the most spiritual thing you learn today. Sometimes, most of the time, I dare to say, the greatest spiritual thing that you could do is shut up. Shut up and experience the voice of your father. And so as Peter is still speaking, this bright, radiant cloud spreads over them, covers them, envelops them, because you see the Holy Spirit had just come down. Then they heard the voice, the voice of the Father, the voice of the Father speaking from heaven, speaking from the cloud, and he said, this is my son, Jesus, whom I dearly love. And Jesus is standing there on the mountaintop receiving the glory from his father. Meanwhile, Peter and the boys, that Home Depot trip was off. They're eating dirt on the ground. Until, I love this, Jesus walks over to them and touches them. I love how Jesus touches us in our humanity. Heather's going to talk about that next week. He touches them and says, get up and stop being afraid. See, this moment on the mountain, it was a Trinity moment. You can see it clearly. The Father spoke. The Son received his word and carried out his word. The Holy Spirit sustained and manifested his presence in that moment. Do you see it? Watch this. In creation, 
the Father spoke everything into existence. The Son, who is the Word, the Logos of God, received the Father's Word and carried out the decrees of His Father. And the Spirit, who was hovering over the surface of the deep, manifested and sustained the presence of God. Three persons, one God, one mission. In the redemption of man, the Father does the planning. The Father speaks the decrees. The Son, Jesus, carries out the plan. He literally is the Word, become flesh, carries out the Word to humanity on earth, and the Spirit sustains and manifests God's presence in the church going forward. Do you see it? The Trinity. I want us to start seeing the Trinity at work in our lives. The Father speaks over your life, each and every one of you. The Son carries out the word over your life. He is the word. The greatest physical representation because he is human and God. Fully human, fully God. You can trust what he does because he's the perfect Adam. And then the Holy Spirit sustains and manifests his presence over your life. Three persons, one God. Does that help? So they're distinct persons, but the same one God. All equally God, but there is a headship in the Trinity. See, Jesus and Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit are the sent ones. They are sent from the Father. The Father is doing the sending. The Father is first among equals. Equal, but he's first. And the role of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is to bring you and I back to the Father. All three are at work simultaneously in your life with different roles to play. To complement and complete one another into the fullness of God. I want you to be able to see the persons of the Trinity at work in your life. I want you to be able to say like Peter, my life following Jesus is not just a made-up, clever story. I just don't go to this place on Sunday. It's, it's part of my, my following Jesus, but it's, it's just this small, minute part. I've met him. I've heard him. I've seen him. I've felt him. So today we're going to talk about the Father, probably my most favorite subject. I mean, what could be greater than the Father God? So how do you fully explain the Father? Well, I can't, and you can't. Part of his nature is that he is mysterious. And actually, I've got a newsflash for you. Even in eternity, you won't fully understand him. Because if you did, then you'd be God, right? Even in eternity, you're going to be knowing and learning new things. Like a billion years from now, if they still keep track of time, you're going to be like, whoa, did you see what he did there? I didn't see that coming. Like that's who the Father is. He's mysterious. So I'm going to try to explain in the best that I know how and the experiences that I've had in my humanity who the Father God is, but I won't fully do it justice. We're going to be learning about this for the rest of eternity. Amen? So I think to understand the Father, we have to go back to the beginning. Well, 
our beginning because he didn't have a beginning. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and Omega. But if we go back to our beginning, so Genesis 1, see the Father and the Son and the Spirit, they already existed eternally before we came along. Amen? Before the foundations of the world were made, they were. And in our beginning, we know that God, the Father, created the heavens and the earth. All, all three did, simultaneously. The Spirit was hovering over the waters, and God spoke. The Father spoke. He said, let there be light, right? He's the Father of lights. And there was day, and there was night, and he spoke again. He said, let there be space between the waters, and he separated the, the waters of the earth from the waters of the sky, and there was space then he spoke again, he said, let there be land and sea. And he spoke again, let there be seed-bearing plants and trees and fruit. And he spoke again, let, let there be lights in the sky to mark the seasons. And he spoke again, let there be fish and birds. And he spoke again, let there be animals. Do you see a theme here? Nobody? I thought so. He spoke, he spoke, he spoke. He's creating intricate things that we still don't even understand from nothingness. He spoke. I don't think I'm wrong when I say that your father's voice is the most powerful thing ever. Ever. And then watch this. Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us. He's talking to himself, the Trinity. Father, Son, Spirit, let us make human beings, you, me, in our image, to be like us. That's incredible. I know you've, you've heard this before. That's incredible. We are made in the image of God. We look just like our Father. So he spoke and we were created, right? No. He didn't speak you into existence. He could have spoken you into existence. But Chris, I thought you said his voice was the most powerful thing ever. I did. Watch this. He, he got down into that dirt that he just spoke into existence. And he formed you. And he molded you. And then he did something incredible. He put his voice in you. You carry the most powerful thing ever. You carry the voice of your father. Your father's voice, Jesus, the word, the son, the Holy Spirit's breath in your lungs. You literally carry the Trinity within you. And as he breathed life into you, your lungs filled up with the breath of your father. He put his voice within you. It's mind-blowing. It really is. That you and I can carry around the voice of our eternal father. That's why we have to use our words very well. And then he did this. God blessed Adam and Eve, and he said this. Do you remember what he said? First command, be fruitful and 
multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Be fruitful and multiply. See, your father is still speaking that over you today. Your role, if you want to know what your purpose is in life is, be fruitful and multiply. Multiply what? Everything good that he put in you. Multiply his voice in you. Make fruit and seed come from that. Multiply that. Create fruit that replicates him. The love that he has. Multiply that. The peace that he has. Replicate that. Sow grace into your life so that it's seen generations from now. That's what you're called to multiply. That's what you're called to replicate. That's the kind of fruit that you and I should be bringing out of our life, not just for our life in this time and space, but for our children's children's children, children. See, our God is a generational God. He's, he's the father of all generations. That's why he's called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible says that his love is for what? A thousand generations. A thousand generations is a very long time. I think it's hard for us sometimes to relate to Adam and Eve. Any, anybody identify with that? Because we're like, that's such a long time ago. Some people think it's a fable. It's not, it's true. I'm sure there's some people in here today or listening on the podcast that would say, that's, that's a nice story, Chris, but how does that relate to me today? Because you've been multiplied out of Adam and Eve's seed. You were the same image bearer of your father that Adam and Eve were. My, my dad, I think I've got a picture of him up here. You know, one of the greatest things that my father did for me was to sing over me. He'd sit between my brother and I's room at night and play the guitar and sing the truth of, of God over us. And he would read to us. He'd read the word of God to us. And I'm marked by that. And that was a very long time ago, although I remember that awesome couch. But my dad, he's, now, he's 73 now, and he's researching generations, like his past generations. And he sent us a text the other day, and he said, I just found out that my, my dad's great-grandfather's great-grandfather, his name was Johann Taves, and he was born 300 years ago in Prussia, which is now South Russia. And then my great-great-grandfather, Peter Taves, came to Canada in 1890. If you didn't know, I, I was born in Canada. Um, long story, but I'm here now. This is, my, <laughs> this is my home. But you see, I don't know Johan Taves. I don't know Peter Taves. I know of them now, like maybe if a week ago I found this out. But here's what I know. 300 years ago, and then 180 years ago, they both did things in their life that completely impacted me standing here today, Peoria, Illinois, 2021. 
Because if Peter Taves hadn't decided to move to Canada in 1890, see, the, the rest of the family that stayed behind, they were Mennonites that believed in, in our God, and most of them were persecuted and killed for their faith. But somehow Peter, I, I want to know the story someday, he decided to move his family to Canada. And then years later, Chris Taves comes to Peoria, Illinois, finds a girl named Heather. See, the fruit of the lives that have gone before you impact you. And we won't ever see the full picture, but I'm telling you this to tell you that you're standing here today. You're the Johan Taves. You're the Peter Taves of generations down the road. And they might never, not ever know who you are, but they might hear of you and be like, see, there was this guy who got a few people together and they started a church in Peoria, Illinois. Something happened. Something shifted. And that's why I believe six generations down the line in my father. See, everyone in this place today was created to be in this amazing cosmic family. It's always, always, always been about a father and his family. There's, there's no other creation that he made to look like himself. It's a father that created a son and a daughter. And then he said, multiply that. We screwed it up with sin entering the world. But Jesus, the second Adam, restored all of that. And whether you know it or not, you're part of this amazing cosmic family. And your father's not that far away. In fact, you've just maybe walked away from him. He's been right there all along. But you know, Adam and Eve seems like a long time ago, but, but I did the research. It's actually not that long ago. From Adam to Jesus is only 76 generations. From Jesus to you sitting in your chair here in Peoria, Illinois, 2021, is only 101 generations. 177 generations are all that separate you from when your father first spoke you into existence. And he says that his love is for a thousand generations. You're closer to your father than you think. And I know there's people in here that didn't have a father like mine. My father wasn't perfect, still isn't perfect. He's a great father. But I know there's people in here today that that are struggling with love for their earthly father because you were abused, abandoned, you name it. And maybe the immediate generation before you didn't show you the love of your true father God. And maybe your father himself was a horrible representation of, of the eternal father. And I think that's part of the reason why we have such a hard time understanding and coming back to the father because he did set it up for our earthly fathers to be a representation of him, our earthly mothers to be a representation of him. But because of sin, 
We messed all that up. But I'm telling you here today, Peoria, Illinois, 2021, that you can change the cycle. You can break the chains. You just sang about it. Strongholds are falling in your generational curses and sins. Chains are breaking over your life so that you can be the father and mother to to your sons and daughters so that one day, six generations from now, somebody can be like, "Ah, there's this girl named Heather Taves. And because of what she did, because of the chains that she broke, now I can see the father. Be fruitful and multiply. You just have to look at the life of Jesus. Know your father's voice. You carry it, but know it so that you can speak it with authority. Replicate what your father is speaking. See, you and I are the face of God, the image of God to a lost and a dying world. And it should wreck our hearts. One of our characteristics here is wrecked. That when you look people in the eyes and thank God there's no more face masks in here or anywhere else that I've seen. Listen. I hated them because it's covering the image of God. You weren't made with a face mask. This is not in my notes. But how good is it to walk into a grocery store and see somebody that looks like Jesus? To see somebody that looks like your father. That should be our heartbeat, is to, at your workplace, at your school, in your own household, for goodness sakes, to see people all around you, each and every one of them made intricately a little bit different, but that one representation of God, that one painting, he's never created anyone like that. When you put the collage all together, when you put the mosaic all together, we can see who our Father truly is. See, we're, we're living in a generation that's in an identity crisis, aren't we? Male and female, he created us. And people are so confused. And it's our job to love them, to show them the Father's love. See, you are the seed of God. I, don't, I hope you know this. You are literally the seed of God, and you were made to multiply the love of your father for a thousand generations, for thousands and thousands of generations. That's why the enemy comes to take the family out. Remember, it's always been about a father and his family, and the enemy hates it because he wanted to be like God, and pride destroyed him, cursed him, banished him forever from heaven. And he hates you. Because he wanted to be like you. He wasn't made in the image of God. And he's coming to take out fathers and mothers. And he's done that pretty successfully. And it's killing our nation. The enemy is after the seed of God. That's why sexual perversion and homosexuality are killing the family of God. And we need to, as the family of God, we need to show radical, radical love to people that are confused. Radical love, the love of the Father. 
And if you're here today and you're struggling with any kind of sexual sin, I want you to know that the Father knows you and he's calling you back to himself. He wants nothing more than a relationship with you. And I'd love to talk to any, anyone of us in the front row here who would love to talk to you if you're struggling with that after the service. This is also the reason why we cannot, we must not allow the slaughter and child sacrifice of abortion to reign any longer under our watch. We have literally been killing the seed of the Father. We have been murdering image bearers of God. And it's not about legislation to do it. It's about a heart change. The Father wants a heart change. And I know there's people in here that have had abortions. And the Father, he loves you so much. He loves you so much. But we've murdered, we are murdering image bearers of God. That has to wreck our hearts. Children that, that would have been born, that would have just done amazing things that would have spread the love of the Father. There are gaps generationally, fathers and mothers that should have been here, sons and daughters that should have been here. A generation that was meant to reflect Jesus and we murdered them. Jesus, forgive us. Jesus, heal our land. And this is also why we cannot allow the spirit of suicide and isolation to stand any longer. We're coming through a season where depression and isolation has been a, a, a target of the enemy to use on you. And here's the thing, family means together, together, not isolated. Anytime you see division and isolation, it is of the devil and we rebuke it. Family means together. Another one of our characteristics here is among. Jesus dwelt among us. This church is about stepping forward together with all of our faults and our failures, but we don't have to focus on those because we are the righteousness of God. That's literally what Acts 2.14 says. We're stepping forward together. We're standing on the shoulders of Peter and these, tw these 12 disciples, as messed up as they were. <laughs> Can give us some confidence, huh? We're standing on their shoulders and we're carrying out the legacy that the Holy Spirit and Jesus began with them. How amazing is that? It's time for fathers and mothers, you and I, to stand up and say, enough! You've stolen enough, devil. You cannot have the seed of our next generation. Jesus, rebuke the devourer right now in your name. You cannot have the next generation. We were made to multiply the love of the Father. We were made to replicate the peace of the Father. We were called out to increase the grace of our Father God. We were made to release the fruit of the Spirit. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit, because it's supposed to have seed and replicate over and over and over again. See, when you pour out the grace of Jesus, it multiplies. When you pour out the love of Jesus in your life, it bears fruit. It replicates. That's what you're called to do. And every person in hearing the sound of my voice, you're part of this mosaic. I hope you can start to see it. You're part of this cosmic family of God. And your father, he loves you so much. I think the best way to explain the Father as I start to close, which doesn't really mean anything. 
the best way to explain the Father is what Jesus taught us. There's a, there's a story that he taught, and I think we've incorrectly labeled it the prodigal son. Because I believe it should be correctly called the loving father. So Jesus said, he taught this, and I just want you to receive this story with fresh ears and fresh eyes, okay? Because you are blessed to see, you are blessed to hear. Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons. You're one of these sons, maybe both of these sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me my share of your estate? Man, man we rush it so much, don't we? And guess what the father did? He went ahead and distributed the inheritance to both of his sons. See, it's such a picture for Heavenly Father. Because he created, he started this world with two different trees in the garden. And he said, hey, for your own protection, don't eat from that one. But you can, you can have all of this. I would advise you not to eat from that one. See, the only way love is true love is, is, is if there is a choice. It's beautiful because your father always gives you a choice. He will never, ever, ever force you. Do you understand what I'm saying? He will never force you. He wants you desperately. But the only way that it's true love is if you choose him. Because he already chose you. You're already a son or daughter, whether you know it or not. You were already created before the foundations of the world. And so this father in this story, <laughs> he just goes ahead and gives his son his inheritance, both his sons. That's true love. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far-off land where soon he wasted all that he had been given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. How many times have you and I wasted, not multiplied, not increased what God has given us? And we've just, like the parable of the talents, we've just buried it, completely wasted it. I have. So this son wasted everything in this binge of extravagant and reckless living. With everything spent and nothing left, he was desperate, he was hungry, and there was a severe famine in the land, and so he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so hungry and famished that he was willing to even eat the slop from the pig trough because no one would feed him a thing. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing. And he thought, there are so many workers, slaves even, at my father's house who have all the food that they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house and say to him, Father, I was wrong. I'm so sorry. I've sinned against you. I'll never again be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. And so the young man, he set off for home. And the Bible says from a long distance away, the father saw you coming. 
He hasn't gone anywhere. It's you and I that have left. And I don't care if you've just taken a step outside his yard or if you're eating from the pig trough and you're desperate. He sees you coming home. And the father, with great compassion swelling up in him, raced out to meet his son and swept him up in his arms and hugged him dearly and kissed him over and over with tender love. See, that's the thing. All you got to take is one step back and he'll cover the rest of the distance. One step towards him, he'll cover the rest of the distance. That's all he's asking for today. Just take a step towards him. And the son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. And I love this because Jesus said, the father interrupted him. Just like he did with Peter. The father interrupted. That's when you know you're truly loved. Because even in your mess, he interrupts you. And he says, son, you're home now. That's all that matters. And turning to his servants, the father said, quick, bring me the best robe. Bring me my robe. Bring me the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger. Bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Prepare a great feast and celebrate for my beloved son who was once dead has now been found. He was once lost, but he has come home and everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Well, almost everyone. Remember the second son? He'd been there the whole time. He'd stayed home. And now the older son was angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So I love this. Man, I never saw this before. So the father came out to him too. See, I don't know if you're which son you are today. Maybe you're both of them. What wrecks the older son is bitterness and jealousy and envy. It's a deadly disease of the enemy. Because most of the time you don't even realize you have it. But today the father is stepping towards you too. Both sons are so important. And the father said, my son, you've always been with me by my side. Sometimes for those that have been saved a long time, you take your father for granted, right? And it's easy to become bitter at other sons and daughters, to be angry with other sons and daughters. But I would beg of you, cut that off. The root of bitterness is horrible. It will wreck you. It will destroy the family of God. And the father said to, his older, to the older son, Everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to rejoice and celebrate like this because your brother was dead and gone, and now he's alive and back with us again. He is lost, and now he is found. So I don't know which son you are today, which daughter you are today. But I know this. He's calling you back to himself. Earlier this morning, I was praying over every single chair in this place, and as I started to pray over the first one, I heard the voice of the Father tell me, they're coming home. I went to the next chair. They're coming home. They're coming home. 
they're coming home. They're coming home. And I got to my chair and I just wept because I'm coming home too. Everyone in this place, the Father is calling you home from whatever mess you're in, from whatever, how long you've been God, whether you're eating pig food or you just stepped a second away in bitterness. He's calling you home because he loves you so much. Today is your day. And maybe you've run from him far away like that younger son. Today's your day to come home. He's waiting for you with open arms. He just, he's going to see one movement towards him and he'll run to you. And maybe you're living in some bitterness, some envy, some jealousy, and you've just taken kind of a half a step out of the gate and he'll run to you too. He'll come to you. He'll leave the party for the other son and come to you because he loves you just as much. He loves all his sons and daughters just as much. And maybe you've never met him. <laughs> He's still your father. He still breathed his breath into you, his voice into you. But it's time for you to come home today too. Today is your day. Today is the day of salvation for every single person in this place. See, your father hasn't gone anywhere. He's just been waiting for you all along. Benny, why don't you come up here, bud? This is my son. My son, whom I dearly love. So my daughter is in kids' church. Otherwise, she'd be up here too. But many years ago, when this guy was like maybe this high, we were building some, building some furniture in the basement. And... I got these nails out, and they're pretty decent-sized nails, I think. It's a long time ago. But I started the nail, and they let, the, let Benny and Jules kind of finish it. And I'm sitting there. I'd started it, and grab that. I'd started it, and then I was watching them take the hammer. Tap, 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 tap. And I'm like, wow, this is going to take a long time. <laughs> Jules was tapping. Benny was tapping. And then finally they handed the hammer back to me, and boom, with one, one stroke of the hammer, that nail went in. And see, what I've come here to tell everyone today, what the Father is telling everyone here today, is that he who started a good work in you, and he loves your tapping, <laughs> but he who started the good work in you, who started that nail, he will finish it until the day of Christ Jesus. He will finish what he started. And somebody, a lot of people need to hear that today. Is your father, he started it. And because of the nails that were pierced through his son, he can finish it in you. He can finish it in you. Michaela, come up here. Bill, come up here. Jeremiah, I just met you, bro. Can you come up here? I won't embarrass you. You're good. Your Father God is saying to each one of you today, I started a good work in you, Michaela. I started a good work in you, Benny. 
Bill, I started a really good work in you. Jeremiah, I started a good work in you. And he's been seeing your tapping. He's so proud of your tapping, that nail. But he says, give the hammer back to me. Give the hammer back to me because I'm going to finish what I started. I'm going to finish what I started. I'm going to finish what I started you. I'm going to finish what I started you, Jeremiah. Your father, stand up on your feet. Your father is saying, I love you so much. I just want you to take one step towards me. One step. Because I started a good work in you. I put my voice in you. I breathed my spirit into you. I put my word, my son Jesus in you. And I'll just, you've been holding the hammer. You've been doing a good job. Give me back control. Give that hammer back to the Father. And he's going to finish what he started, the good work in you. (laughs) Some of you are dealing with shame and guilt, bitterness, envy, jealousy, all kinds of junk. The Father sees it all. He knows it all. So I'm going to ask you to do this. No matter who you are, where you're sitting sitting or standing in this place today, I want you to take a step towards the Father. And he's going to come running. Just come on front. If you want to be in this family, this is a rededication. This may be salvation for some of you. This may be the first time you've experienced your Father. This may be the, the millionth time. I want you to experience him once again today. Come on forward, if that's you. And we're going to join hands as a family, the family of God. Look to the person to your left and tell him you look like Jesus. Look to the other person. Yeah, it doesn't really work when you both look left. I understand that. Come on in. We've got more people coming. Just take a one. Maybe you just got to take one little step out of the aisle. I don't know. Just take a baby step. He's going to come running. Jesus, this is your family. This is your mosaic. These are your sons and your daughters. And you are so proud of them. You have started a good work in them. And you're going to finish it. They're handing you the hammer back, God. They're giving the hammer back to you. They're gonna, you're going to finish what you started in them. So God, we relinquish the hammer. We give it back to you. those of you meeting your father for the first time today, I just want you to pray this. Say, Jesus, thank you for the nails that that our father put through your hands and your feet. The work that you finished for me, I receive that now by the blood and the authority of Jesus descend into my life right now. Make me experience you like a son and a daughter. I've been bought with a price. If that's you, if you prayed that for the first time, I'd like to talk to you afterwards or talk to somebody who brought you. Because right now, there's a party going on in heaven. 
There's a party going on just like in the Father's house. There's a party going on in heaven because you turned back to him. And maybe you're the older son that just took a step of bitterness away and you've come back. There's this party still going on and you can join the party. It's time to join the party. The Father's house is getting full. Sons and daughters are coming home again. Come on, Peoria is about to change. They're gonna see a move of God that they've never seen before. The heart of the state, the heart of this nation. God, let a fire arise. Let your Holy Spirit fire arise in these sons and daughters. Those who are marked with you, those who are sealed with you. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you're doing. this prayer of blessing that Paul wrote from Ephesians 3 over you. you can look up at the screen so you can read along. You can see the, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Spirit in this passage, but this is for you. I want you to receive it like Jesus receives his Father's word. I want you to receive it now. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, and according to the riches of his glory, may he grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think according to the power at work where within you, within us. To him be the glory in this church and the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all the generations forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.